Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. Spring training has begun. Some might even say it has sprung. And finally, the Boris 4 is now the Boris 3. Unless you count J.D. Martinez, which a lot of people do because he's very good at baseball. I'm Adam Weinrib, and joining me as always is Fantize MLB Insider, Robert Murray, the reason why this podcast is called that. Welcome to the show. Uh, let's talk Bellinger, Montgomery, Snell maybe, I guess, Kike Hernandez of the Dodgers, and open up that damn notebook. How are you doing, dude? Dude, I'm great, man. Life is good. Uh, a lot of stuff happening in baseball. It feels good to finally say that, where we have Cody Bellinger uh, going to the Cubs, which is something that I think everyone in baseball thought was probably going to happen and finally happened. Jed Hoyer is hibernating no more. Thank goodness. A lot of stuff going on today with the Dodgers and the twins and we'll break it all down today. I think we could have maybe one more small move happening. Um, maybe today ish kind of it's smaller. I want to definitely tease that definitely small. Um, but yeah, we at least have some movement. Adam Weiner, how are you? I am good. Yeah, we are not movement free. Uh, a lot of the assumptions people are making have come to fruition. Again, Bellinger felt like a cub. Now Bellinger is a cub. Will the next couple of assumptions go down the same way? Kike Hernandez gave us a list of four finalists before the weekend started and then did not sign with any of them. So clearly there's still some unpredictability left in this offseason to address. Before we get rolling, the Baseball Insiders today is, of course, sponsored by DraftKings. If you have not signed up for DraftKings Sportsbook, make sure you get your first bet on them. New customers will get a second chance bet up to $1,000 when signing up with our promo code BASEBALLINSIDER. That means if your first bet loses, you will get your first full wager returned as a bonus bet up to $1,000. Signing up with our code BASEBALLINSIDER not only covers your first bet, but also gets you access to daily rewards and other profit boosts. If you're looking to join DraftKings, go download the app and register with our promo code BASEBALLINSIDER and make sure your first bet is covered. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus, physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. And hilariously, we got a question whether either of the two of us really qualify as baseball fans at this point. We waited all offseason for Cody Bellinger to sign. We made fun of different GMs who were and were not asleep. I was asleep when Cody Bellinger signed. <laughs> were you asleep as well? Because it was, uh, I, I got the passing article at like 6 a.m., but the original notification was like 2.30 Eastern. I was not awake for that. I was absolutely sick about this because I was sleeping and I had the text in my phone saying that it happened and I missed it because I was sound asleep. So everyone joked that Jed Hoyer was hibernating this entire winter, but in, in reality, all of us were hibernating. We all missed the Cody Bellinger news going back to the Cubs. And we got to see all sorts of different Cubs fans react and go crazy. After that signing, I specifically remember Jacob Zanola blowing up Twitter, blowing up the Discord, also blowing up my Instagram DMs. So shout out to Jacob Zanola for that. Um, I still own you, by the way. And it's just a lot of it was it was a long time coming for that deal. And that was a that was a signing that 
I, I was not surprised to see him go back to the Cubs, but I was surprised to see the the dollar amount there. And that was just a case of three years for 80 with <laughs> with uh, with an opt out after year one and a guaranteed $30 million in the first year. And it was a move that he, he like Bellinger clearly in this in this offseason wanted $200 million, if not more. And he had to settle for the short term basically a pillow contract that gives him the opportunity should he have a good year this year to enter free agency next year. And that is just, I mean, it's, it's good for him, but it's so far away from what he had originally wanted. And you got to wonder what his disappointment level is like. And it's also the one thing that I think it benefits him with is um, this offseason, I'm pretty sure teams had concerns that he had one good season after two or three injury riddled seasons. And if he is really good next year, then he can enter the market and have two really good seasons since those injuries. And I think that would make him much more likely to get a, a big contract like that. If he ends up blowing out this year and is, is not very good, then he's basically got 80 million guaranteed because he could just opt into the remainder remaining years of his Cubs contract. So not what he wanted. I can see why Boris and Bellinger ended up taking that deal, but yeah, just um, a wild turn of events. And it just so happened that uh, Jed Hoyer just flipped the script on us. He wasn't hibernating, but turns out we were. Yeah. He was the only one not hibernating. It's 30 million for next year. And he can opt out if he'd like to into a free agent market that also includes Juan Soto and like Scott Boris being kind of distracted by the Juan Soto market. Uh, I think the most troubling thing here is look, Hey, if you're, if you want to go back to the to cubbies, if you want to take that deal, clearly he did. And Scott Boris proclivity is long-term deals. And he got Boris to not you know, hold out any longer for a longer term deal. So Boris bent to Bellinger's will, it would seem, but the Cubs, the, the team that wanted Bellinger the most, we're not willing to offer a long-term pact and especially not at you know the monetary sum that they were hoping for. So even the team that believed in him the most only believed in him to the point of we're willing to risk up to three years, but we understand this might only be a one-year deal. You might be gone again next offseason. If I were Bellinger, I wouldn't be thrilled about the possibility of trying this all again. We were told that last year, like after two, let's say he has the same year he did last year, this year, we're going to have to hear the same thing. We're going to have to hear, ah, oh, but he did it two years in a row. Can he do it three years? Is he going to start breaking down from this point forward? Like, is anyone ever going to believe in Bellinger's stability, or are we just going to have to do this every single year? Um, maybe after his age 31 season, if he plays out this entire three-year deal in Chicago. No, exactly. It's a good question. Uh, I think people are going to believe it more if he ends up having a year similar to what he had last year. Um, I think that would end up giving – teams a lot more certainty into the player that he is and will be. And just the injury concern that he had coming off that season with the Dodgers, I think was real. And basically this is kind of how it was for Bellinger. If he ended up signing with the Cubs on that deal last year, and he ended up having a really down year, then uh, he was probably looking at a fringe major league deal or even a minor league deal. And in turn, he ended up turning into $80 million or potentially 80 million. And for him, that's a win. And this season is going to be absolutely crucial for what his future contract is going to look like. And honestly, it's just a case of um, they they got to 
it's just it, it all comes down to his performance is basically how it is is what it is and if he performs then i think 200 million dollars looks really realistic and that's the the risk that bellinger and boris were willing to take they bet on themselves last year and clearly they're willing to do it again and i'm really curious now what exactly this means for the next of the boris guys because it's I don't think Bellinger's case is exactly the same as the other guys, at least as of this point. Well, you know who else is curious about what it means for the rest of the Boris guys? Our entire comment section, which typically <laughs> includes uh, 15 to 20 Red Sox fans at any given time. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, again, still on the market. So is Blake Snell. Uh, Snell feels maybe like less of the focus at this juncture just because there was some nonsensical Yankees buzz we talked about on the last couple of shows. Jack Curry went on the Yanks Yes Network broadcast yesterday. The spring training game basically said, eh, don't see that happening. And when Jack yeah. Curry speaks, you should listen. Uh, that would leave the Angels, the Giants, I guess. But obviously, Blake Snell at home right now playing Fortnite was also at Dave and Buster's over the weekend. Does not seem like he is on the verge of signing necessarily. Uh, Montgomery is the one who... Hey, probably along with Matt Chapman in the slightly lower tier of those Boris clients, maybe willing to take a little bit less. If Bellinger is willing to take $80 million over three years with that opt-out after the first, the Red Sox fans in here specifically are saying, how much lower down does Montgomery have to go to fit into whatever the Red Sox perceived budget is? Do you have any more updates on what Breslow is looking for there with Boston? Uh, how recently the contact has taken place between the two parties because I know Peter Gammons got everybody in a little bit of a fit this morning by saying an NL executive said they had a good Zoom call at, at some point. What's the latest on Jordan Montgomery, the contract structure, and the Boston Red Sox? Yeah, as far as as Montgomery and the Red Sox, like they had that they had a meeting, they had a Zoom meeting. It happened two weeks ago, from what I from what I've gathered, and Alex Cora confirmed it today. And basically, what I was told as of yesterday or some point this weekend was that nothing had changed as far as the Red Sox and the Montgomery negotiations. Cause it's, it, it, nothing has been close. And that's just to my understanding, as of this weekend, nothing had changed. I had, I have not heard any updates as far as today, but that is currently the latest information that I have as far as just Montgomery as a whole to me, if he ends up going for a lesser contract or when I say lesser contract, I mean a shorter term deal. I think that could put the Rangers more in play just because of their uncertainty. As far as the TV deal, they obviously only got a one year TV deal this year. And after that, it's just a giant question mark. And I think a short term deal would be more plausible and something that they'd be easier to stomach rather than a long term deal. And to me, if I was Montgomery, or if I was a team pursuing Montgomery, I think I would go, I'd push pretty hard for him because he's someone that I'm very high on. Obviously, he's got big-time postseason experience was, and was key for the Rangers during their World Series run. And he's proven he's done it in New York, in St. Louis, and now Texas. So clearly he can pitch. Um, yeah, and as far as Blake Snell, too, the Yankees buzz, that like that. what happened, what was it, last Wednesday or last Thursday or whatever that was? Yeah, when Marty Mush lit the internet on fire. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it, it was it was crazy. And Marty Mush and then a bunch of other people ended up tweeting about Snell and the Yankees. My understanding is the same as Curry's. As, at least as of this point, it's unlikely going to happen. Um, so that would end up leaving, say, uh, 
the Giants, the Angels, or it could leave some other team to swoop in here. I don't necessarily know who who it could be for Snell. Um, that contract, to me, I don't even have a good guess as far as that. Just there's so much uncertainty there, and you just don't know what what teams are going to be in. It's you want to like this is something it could apply for all the Boris guys. But one thing we have not heard this offseason is the mystery team. And I'm wondering when exactly that is going to, to rear its head um, or that or I think another thing that Boris is probably what's going to end up helping him out is a spring training injury where some team loses a starter. Some team loses a bat in the, in the infield or loses a DH because that would really get him in a position where he can take advantage of a team's desperation. But as of this point, we have not gotten that. Um, and at least as of this point, I have not heard anything about a mystery team. So who knows? Could there potentially be a mystery team in the National League East that wears peas on their red hats? I don't know. I'm just basically <laughs> speculating. Um, I mean, I thought the Mets could be, you don't talk spring training injuries and desperation. Kodai Senga goes down, has this PRP injection, could be back in April, could be back later than that. You want to, you you know, your brain wants to jump to, okay, great. Well, and that's where Boris will latch on to. Steve Cohen's got all the money in the world. Maybe that's a short-term Montgomery fit, uh, if not Snell, but the Mets don't really seem to have designs on competing this year at all. So if there were, if they were to sign Montgomery to a deal that could turn into a one-year contract, they would be entertaining spinning him away at the deadline either. Like you would think, like, I, I don't know. It's got to be real short term. Uh, so I, I guess that's a no on, on the New York Mets just because it doesn't necessarily fit into those plans. Uh, but as the comment section is noting, uh, Marty Mush, maybe not the greatest week in terms of deciding where Blake Snell goes, but he did in fact get two hits off Trevor Bauer in a Barstool Sports Showcase. So he's got that going for him. Not exactly a, a ringing endorsement of Trevor Bauer's current arsenal. Is exactly and is also is Jimbo here in the comments? Is he trying to break news to us here? Yeah, who who you who you Jimbo? Yeah, are you uh Jim Montgomery? Are you like in the Phillies front office? We would love uh some updates there when you got him. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm supposed to check on that, but that, that caught my attention. Sorry about that, Adam. I, I got distracted there. What, what no, was no that worries. last you had said? Well, today is Trevor Larnuck's birthday, so I don't know if uh <laughs> it would be a tough. Tough day for him to get traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. The Twins tweeted it like two hours ago, so keep your eyes on that. Yeah, they. I mean, we have seen movement though on guys' birthdays. All of a sudden, like especially an NFL count or a cut down day, I've noticed the guys they say happy birthday. Oh, congrats, we're cutting you now. That's yeah. just that's always tough. Hey, happy birthday! Go directly to the unemployment line. Congrats. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just thinking about uh, the Mets. Felt like that injury desperation team. Uh, yeah. you know, Senga goes down, but they don't really have any designs on competing this year. So that doesn't really clarify much of anything for me. No, exactly. And for me, it's like that injury, as soon as I ended up seeing that reporter that he was good at, that he ended up dealing with the, or was diagnosed with, um, the shoulder injury, that was my mind immediately went to the fact that they could end up pursuing either a Montgomery or a Snell type. And my understanding as of this point is that they are not going to be shopping down that aisle. I don't necessarily think that's likely. I don't think that's something that they want to do. I think this is a year where a big move besides a, a Yamamoto type for them was pretty unlikely. Um, 
So I, I would not necessarily get your hopes up if I was a Mets fan for one of those big names, such as a Snell or a Montgomery. If another injury happens, then maybe they end up, are forced to do that. Um, but I don't I don't anticipate that being the direction that they go in. Um, but the thought certainly made sense. And shout out to my college friend who diagnosed Kodai Senga with that shoulder injury in his first year as a Mets uh, member of the Mets training staff. So uh, boo him, I guess. No, don't. He's a great guy. Good doctor. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, congrats to him. That's yeah, we, 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 we love that. <laughs> Your connections, Adam, uh, sources tell Adam Weiner. That's 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 incredible. You got clean you got source. Yeah, clean source. We didn't know. Uh, there you go, everybody. So ask me your Mets medical questions if you got them. Uh, couple commenters wondering, though, the legitimacy sort of of this. Uh, of course, there are some Angels commenters in here. Uh, and Mark Feinstein oh. sort of insinuated over the weekend, like, hey, if it's not Snell for the Angels, maybe it's Montgomery. And his gut feeling is they end up with one of the two. Obviously, if the Yankees are out on Snell, either long or short term, which it sounds like they are, that only strengthens the Angels position there. Uh, and Boris and Snell seem more than willing to wait to see if more teams will hop into that pot. But it does feel like the Angels are pretty involved here. Is that just uh, unnecessary, you know, yapping, or is that real smoke? Yeah, I saw I saw what Mark Feinstein had written, and with Artie Moreno, you can't necessarily rule anything out. We've talked about it plenty on this show that um, he's just as unpredictable as they come. And if all of a sudden he wakes up one morning and wants to make a big move then then that that can happen just on a dime and as what i will say as far as the angels we've seen mike trout publicly speak out and say that he wants to add another big name to the roster to try to compete this year and we've seen ron washington say that he's open to it we've seen perry perry specifically told me that it's something that they won't rule out it just got to make sense on a financial and a fit front and i mean we've seen we've seen the organizational support so that being said i don't think you can rule anything out with the angels they clearly are open to it i think at this point it's probably something that's just going to depend on the price and if the prices continue to come down like we saw what what happened with bellinger then i think that could definitely put them in play i don't think they're going to spend top dollar for any of these players don't get me wrong um but i think if the fit makes sense and the price also matches then i think that's something that they could pounce on but would i say it's a certainty or it appears destined or however it was worded i think that's probably too strong because with the angels and specifically Artie moreno trying to get a feel for precisely what they're going to do is a very 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 difficult thing yeah um Nothing is a certainty, although at least the market is beginning to move now. Like we had, uh, you know, felt like we were all in complete stasis mode for a couple of weeks there. And then we got Bellinger movement again while we were all napping. And so now we are, we're, we're feeling a little more comfortable labeling uh, fits, best fits, potential momentum, et cetera. Uh, Biscuit will be here by the end of the show. How about that? I don't know if he's still sleeping. Uh, I think he probably is. I think he's hibernating, but he did get a, he got a nice haircut. You want to talk haircuts? You got a big Saturday haircut. You won't even, I'll bring him on camera and you'll be like, that's not biscuit. That's a lie. That's a different fucking dog, but uh, <laughs> you will be, uh, you will be wrong. It is him. It, it's him. He's no. got the collar. No, we love it. We love a, We love a handsome biscuit, a freshly, freshly groomed biscuit. That's, that's my guy right there. We love him. Good boy. Very good boy. Short haired boy. Uh, well, speaking of beloved, beloved reunions, 
Kike Hernandez to the Dodgers. The Dodgers fans love Kike almost as much as we love Biscuit. Uh, how's that for a transition? I did not graduate from transition school. Dropped out. Um, <laughs> Kike goes to the Dodgers after they trade Manuel Margot to the Twins. Margot, it's almost like it was almost like too obvious that they were going to get rid of Margot at some point this year. And I kept asking myself, like, is it too like? Am I being too bullish on them trading him to say he could be gone by the All Star break or? Or by opening opening day sounds nuts. Like they're not going to actually move him off at, at that point in time. Uh, well, here he goes, six at bats in Dodger blue, spring training, uh, ABs. He will go to the Minnesota Twins. Former comp pick goes back in Miller, uh, shortstop prospect. But the most important thing is clears room for Kike Hernandez. The Dodgers were his preferred destination. He tweeted it himself. He announced, "I am going back to LA." Source me. Uh, and I'm glad that he did that, but he did get beaten to the punch by the newsbreakers. So he actually was not the initial uh, source on that. But Hernandez wanted the Dodgers, and that's great. And clearly, the Dodgers wanted to make room for him. But why did we get a list of finalists before the weekend started that did not include the Dodgers at all? They didn't want to hurt Manuel Margot's feelings. Like, did Hernandez <laughs> take Margot out for a nice lunch to like get him comfortable with living in LA? And the whole time he's under the table texting Dodgers management, like, dude, he, he he's. He, we like each other too much. You got to pull the trigger. Like this, like I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but uh, he backstabbed him, and now Manuel Margot is gone, and Kike Hernandez is a Dodger again. Yeah, I do look forward to Kike Hernandez's tweet either later today or tomorrow, saying catching up on credit. Fabian Ardaya first to mention yeah, my reunion with the Dodgers because uh, Fabian was first. So shout out to Fabian, a uh, friend of the pod, who I'm gonna actually going to be hanging out with later today. Um, so that'll that'll be that'll be the good stuff. Um, but as this, there's a lot to unpack here with, with this Dodgers news that came today. And I'll start with the Kike Hernandez thing that came together incredibly quick because that was, he had always preferred a reunion with the Dodgers. Like that was clearly his number one chance and number one thing that he wanted to do, but it was something that was not necessarily in the, in the cards. And Honestly, like I did not think it was going to end up happening. I thought it was going to go to one of the four teams that were listed because it was the Angels, it was the, the Dodgers, or it was the Angels, it was the Padres, Giants, and Twins. And all of a sudden, I had heard earlier today that he had made a decision, and I checked with all four of those teams, and they all said we didn't get him. And all of a sudden, one of them was like, that, we think he's going back to the Dodgers. And then I'm like, that, wow, that, like, they weren't listed. And all of a sudden he posted his goodbye to the Dodgers. And I, I thought, okay, that can't be right. And then lo and behold, it goes back to the Dodgers. But I, I want to say it came together incredibly quickly. He was looking at either one of those four teams and it's, it ended up playing out this way. And as far as Margot, I had heard right after the Dodgers acquired him from the Rays that they were trying to, or that they were open to moving him. And no one, they did not find a taker until now. And it was a move that made so much sense for them because it ended up clearing about 12 million off their books. Although I'm pretty sure they are sending money in the deal to the twins or eating some of the contracts. I don't know the specific language behind they, it. They have to, I mean, there's no way Minnesota is like, yeah, we'll just take that $12 million burden on right before opening day. No, exactly. And it is a case, um, Actually, hang on. Do your thing here. Ooh. I might have one. Did you just request some yapping? It seems like you might have. Um, yeah, Canyon, uh, to answer your question with a quick yap, it's cold brew. 
It's cold brew from uh, February 24th. I like to live on the edge. I had some leftover coffee in my fridge. Um, yeah, everybody likes Kike back to the Dodgers. Uh, Margo to the Twins, like the comment said, Buxton Insurance. Uh, but that's the most expensive insurance policy you can take out on somebody like Byron Buxton. It's not just a minor. It's not Kyle Farmer. It's not somebody from within the system. It's not uh, Edward Julian takes some reps in center. It's this is a $12 million player who is known as an elite defender, known as someone who can obviously handle center field capably. But we're not sure what the bat is on Margot. And, and it, the bat, whatever it is, definitely does not match the salary. That's a reason why the Rays were so willing to explore such a deal. The reason why he was sort of just tacked into a glass now trade was like, Hey, you know, we don't even really want this guy on the active roster. So you know what? Help us relieve that financial burden. And uh, yeah, I, I guess Margot seems destined to be one of the latest guys to sort of be well travel over the next couple of years. Cause I'm not sure that Minnesota is necessarily a fit either thoughts on NJ transit uh, from Michael Tyano. I, uh, I have, I mostly take the path train, I got to say. So uh, the path on weekdays, boom, love it. I'm in Manhattan in eight minutes. The path on weekends, uh, it's terribly run. They run one every like 30 minutes. They're doing construction at my station so I could take trains into Manhattan but not back out. Uh, that's absurd. And the other day I went there and we brought biscuit actually and it smelled like chew polish or some sort of poisonous lacquer for like 25 minutes while we waited for the train and I was uh, – Oh, I was a little woozy. I had a headache in my temple. I can't imagine, uh, can't imagine Biscuit loved that either. So I actually did go Karen. I started tweeting at the PATH train. And then they tweeted back at me. And then I immediately felt like shit. Because I was like, man, I don't want to tweet. That's, uh, it's, why did I tweet? Why did I tweet at a company to tell them it smells bad at the train station? So those are my thoughts on NJ Transit. Uh, I hope to get more experience taking the trains rather than the PATH. Because the PATH, it's honestly like it's a 6.5. It could improve. There you go. No, I'm I'm proud of you, and I I appreciate the comment. You're saying my makeup looks really good today. Um, it took a long time for me to to get it done today. It literally took zero seconds because I I'm not wearing makeup. But I appreciate the compliment. Uh, very very nice of you. By the way, that was a uh, a false alarm. That I I thought I had a deal. That was uh, I thought I had a new deal, but it turns out it was literally announced four days ago. Um, so we got, <laughs> we, got, we got that going for us, uh, but I, I thought we had action, uh, but it turns out it, that is not actually the case. So my apologies there for the false alarm, but I'm glad I did my homework and didn't tweet it and ended up tweeting old, four day old news. That would have sucked. That would have been really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sig- call it significant and you're hitting the grand slam of Robert tweet mistakes. right? There. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah, I'll tell you, boy, oh boy, that would have been tough. But uh, still, I mean, I, I still own Jacob Zanola, though. I, I own Jacob and also Gresham 5. Uh, I, I appreciate you big time. Uh, someone in here asked to give me a shout out or give a shout out to Gresham 5. We yeah. love Gresham 5 on this podcast. This is a Gresham 5 podcast. Yeah. And a, uh, not a Jacob Zanola podcast because we own him. No, even though those are the two people we mentioned most often. And also Tyler, shout out to Tyler, who I saw earlier. But uh, yeah, it's the, it's your guy's show. It's all about the it's all about the crowd. It's all about giving you what we got. Um, anything else in the notebook? Maybe any um, four day old transactions that you can like, clear <laughs> out before we go? Yeah, not, I'll, I will say nothing too crazy in the notebook um, as far as moves that are going to be in the works. I don't, I have not heard of anything else close with necessarily the, um, the big guys, uh, Brandon Crawford did go to the Cardinals as Katie Wu of the athletic first reported. I think that was a really smart move, um, here for the Cardinals and it continues Brandon Crawford's career because it was up in the air, whether or not he was going to end up returning this year to play. And it gives them shortstop depth and allows them to kind of ease in, um mason win here at at shortstop and it's just i think it was a really good move he always seems like a guy that was kind of destined to be a cardinal just because that was i mean he's a veteran guy very highly respected and just feels like a st louis cardinal uh don't know the terms of that deal can't imagine it's going to be too much would assume it's a one-year deal makes a lot of sense and also i think we should talk about the gary cooper trade or gary cooper edition for the Cubs. let's do it yeah let's do it because that actually like Look, I don't want to look. I'm not going to. There are plenty of. Oh, man, I'm about to yap. No, there are plenty of opportunities to like there are plenty of opportunities to get angry at sort of the baseball establishment this offseason. The people who haven't signed, you know, the people who are still Tommy Pham over the weekend said I'm waiting for an offer, an offer for one of last year's, you know, NLCS heroes, best players on a World Series team. Okay. Garrett Cooper as an NRI, as a non-roster invitee with a minor league deal, almost feels like the breaking point here in terms of things to get angry about the ridiculous pace and and quality players being disrespected. This is a recent all-star. This is somebody who was a big deadline addition for the Padres last, you know, when he was traded. The Padres obviously didn't go as well as we might have hoped it had. He wasn't so much of a fit there. But how on earth is this a, you know, this has to swing the pendulum for me from, wow, our team got a cheap deal on this guy too. Okay, this is not fair to the players because big market for Garrett Cooper, as I think you're about to mention, and he wasn't able to get anything guaranteed whatsoever. That's somewhat ridiculous to me. Yeah, that was a, really, that was a surprise uh, throughout this winter. And that's Garrett Cooper's free agency was one that I was pretty tied into. And it seemed like throughout the entire winter, it was just a struggle. And that was a, a big surprise for me. We're talking about a really talented player here. And someone who did really well with the Marlins was an all-star at one point, got traded to the Padres and he admittedly struggled when he wants or when he was traded to the Padres. But his market um, throughout this offseason, from what I'm told, included the Diamondbacks, 
the Red Sox, the Angels, the Reds, and the Rangers. The Brewers were in. They had some sort of interest uh, before the Reese Hoskins signing, but that kind of took them out of that. Um, but the Cooper getting an, an NRI here was a real surprise. And this is a I – th- I think it even caught a lot of other people in the industry by surprise that he ended up getting an NRI. And he, he's in an opportunity now with the Cubs where I think he's got a legit shot at making the opening day roster. Really talented guy. Gives them I, – like I really like the NRIs that they've done. Getting uh, Garrett Cooper, getting – Dom Smith and David Peralta. I would expect all three of those guys to end up getting playing time at the major league level this year. And especially Peralta, because they, they needed outfield depth even before getting Bellinger back. And he is, I would imagine he's going to be up relatively quickly once he's 100% recovered from his offseason uh, injury and, or well, the injury that he dealt with during last season that he ended up getting taken care of during the offseason here. But good moves by the Cubs. Jed Hoyer has definitely not been hibernating. Um, very shrewd moves. And between those three moves and then also getting Bellinger back, this has been a quiet but, like, a really good offseason uh, for Hoyer. And maybe they end up going after uh, another Matt Chapman type. Who knows? I don't necessarily know. But, yeah, he, he deserves his credit because he was getting a lot of flack during the most of the offseason. But, yeah, he ended up coming out on top, and good for him. The spread of quality players is still there for people like Hoyer to reverse their offseason criticism. Preller, of course, uh, Craig Breslow in Boston, if they will unleash him at some point, there is a chance, right, for their players are still out there. Adam Duvall still out there. Jordan Montgomery still out there. Uh, Jaron Duran still on your roster. You can still trade him, cash that piece in. There are opportunities uh, for a lot of these maligned executives to change the narrative for sure. Uh, and spring training has only just begun. Uh, who, who Who's caught your eye so far? Because obviously I'm watching the Yankee games. Juan Soto looks big league ready. Uh, spoiler alert, he's good. Uh, he might be might be able to play in this league. Jorvid Pivas, homer today again. Glaber Torres' future replacement, in my humble opinion. Yankees put up a couple of football, football scores on offense early. Uh, but I think I I reached out about who impressed you the most watching early spring training. And you, the one name you mentioned is somebody who I also watched this weekend. And just, I don't understand how this man is not the number one prospect in baseball right now. Every time I see him, he does something that uh, other players of his age and his level, the minors, do not do. And that is James Wood. Exactly. And before I talk about James Wood here, I want to do not aggregate what I just said about Chapman. Because no like kidding. that was it was literally me dot connecting. There was no sources behind that whatsoever. Want to make that abundantly clear because yeah, that's um yeah, I, that was not me reporting anything. That was just no, me it, talking about yeah, just talking about yeah, just a potential fit that I think makes sense. That, Nothing yeah, more. Things that can't be ruled out at this juncture if he wants yeah. to put a cap and a bow on his offseason. But uh, <laughs> speaking of cap and bow, James Wood looks like a captain. Yeah, yeah, Jay, I'll tell you, James Woods, he is someone that Padres were very hesitant to give up in the trade uh, to get Juan Soto. That was that was their prize guy, and they viewed him as a future superstar. And I talked to some people around the Nationals. I talked to some people around the league, and they were just instantly gushing about his ability and they just they thought he had future superstar written all over him from what they've seen early in camp 
And that could end up being just an absolute coup for the Nationals here. And they obviously, they got some very talented players in that trade that was one of the biggest trades in baseball history. And that could end up being a big part of what ends up being their future going forward. And yeah, the, the James Woods addition, though, could end up being their most important and most prominent because he just has a look of a future superstar. And another player that that shined early on in spring training, he only made one appearance so far. I mean, most of these guys have, to be fair. Uh, but Kyle Harrison with the Giants. I have been pretty adamant on this podcast, and I think he is going to be an absolute superstar. Uh, I think between him, uh, Logan Webb, and they got some other guys in the minors that look pretty good. They also got some veteran guys. But I think the young core could end up being – Maybe not to the degree of what the Bumgarner Lincecum was like, but it's it's going to end up being a really promising thing, and it's going to end up being what what leads them and guides them for like the next oh maybe five ten five oh, well let's say five years. Um, but yeah, they're 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 going to be in good hands for sure. Yeah, the lesson here being if you have Juan Soto with a chance to trade him, you probably should. So congrats to the Padres, Michael King, and Drew Thorpe, also studs. Uh, Well, that is it for today's edition of the Baseball Insiders. We got a little movement. We got motion. And hopefully we got more coming up for everybody. Shout out to your questions. As always, shout out to the regular commenters. Uh, We all know that you're the best. uh, And we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate that many of you have joined us. In the Discord, uh, again, today's DraftKings code Baseball Insider gets you a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. If you blow it, which I've done many times, uh, you will get that money back as a uh, as a bonus bet. Uh, Robert, do you want to yap for like 15 seconds while I go grab Biscuit? Oh, I, I can definitely yap for uh, for 15 seconds here. By the way, Andrew Lee, I see you talking here about the, about the Padres. Um, yeah, they... Jackson Merrill has, has really opened some eyes early on in Padres camp. And, and he's someone that I plan on having a lot of conversations with um, during spring training here. And he is someone that I think also has a future superstar written all over him. That is a guy that I would absolutely, um, that I would absolutely keep an eye on possibly even as early as spring or as, as opening day. And look who it is. It's biscuit. It's the tired buddy. I woke him up. But he's here to say, uh, what's up to you, Robert? He's here to say, what's up to the fam in the comments? Uh, and he's here to check in on Trevor Larnock to the Phillies, which to him sounds like a pretty good fit uh, prospect who does need a, a new start, maybe a fresh start elsewhere outside of Minnesota. Uh, so shout out to uh, everybody here who joined us. You earned a biscuit today. Uh, you more than earned a biscuit today. You've been the best. Um, and we'll see you uh, later in the week to uh, Thursday, 3.30 eastern time uh i'll be sliding right in here and we'll do uh another update for everybody um biscuit's such a buddy oh my goodness gracious it's an all-time biscuit's an all-timer do you guys recognize him i swear it's the same dog like i understand that he got the cut but it is the same guy yeah no that's i mean i'm telling you that is probably the cutest dog well definitely the cutest dog that's ever been on this podcast we we absolutely love it biscuit welcome yeah you're yeah you already own you already own jacob so that's shout out to biscuit Yeah. Yes, you do. All right, buddy. What do we say? Okay. Uh, So we'll see everybody here on Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. For Robert Murray, I'm Adam Weinerb. Take care, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.